Can you imagine a person gets up to Shemaim after 120 years of being in this world and they start the din. They start the process of what it means to go through din and they bring in his mitzvahs, they bring in all of his averas and they start weighing it out. Which one is heavier? The mitzvahs or the averas? And all of a sudden they bring in a bus, a double-decker bus. One of the English red double-decker buses packed full of men, women and children. And they dump this bus on the side of the balance of the mitzvahs. And all of a sudden the weight that's holding all of his mitzvahs goes all the way down to the bottom, completely overweighing all of the others. And he says, excuse me, I... I don't know, what's this bus doing here? I, I know all the other mitzvahs I did, and I definitely recognize the Averas, but what's the bus? So they told him in Shemayim the following. They told him in Shemayim that at one point, there was an Arab terrorist in eastern Jerusalem who was putting together a bomb. And this bomb, he was planning to detonate Rahman al-Itzlan on a bus that was packed full of men, women and children, Rahman al-Itzlan. And there he, there he is, there's this Arab, putting together the details of the bomb. And just at that moment when he was putting it all together, you were walking down the street, and there was a woman who was dressed inappropriately. She wasn't fully covered, she wasn't fully clothed. And you had the temptation... To give a good look. And he said, no. I'm not doing it. And you turned away. At that exact moment that you did that act. The Arab that was planning to make that bomb. And he was in the middle of making the bomb. It blew up in his face and it killed him. You saved all those men, women and children that were on that bus. You saved all of their lives. And you get every single one of them. It's us. The Toldos Iron Rebbe Zansal used to bring over this Misa. And I like to use it as a hakdama every year. Because it's such a powerful maisa. And it's something that sometimes we don't understand what this is. We don't understand the severity of what we're talking about, which Be'ez Hashem today is a little bit of a hakdama. Just a little bit of a tip of the iceberg introduction before we get down to the details. But we have no idea what this is, good, what this is doing to us and what this does to people around the world. Whether we know about it, we don't know about it. I remember I discussed this with my Rebbe, I go in Rebbe Zul, Shlita. Is this something I discussed with Rabbim? Is this something that we discussed the Bismedrash in front of the, in front of the Olam? Or maybe this is more like a one-on-one. I said, absolutely. Discuss it. Outside, in front of everyone, as many people as you can. Rebellion Lapian Zatzal writes that he said the following marshal. He said, there was a fight between a wolf and a sheep. Little Shepsala trying to run away from the wolf. And there's this wolf with its claws, with its teeth, dripping in juice, waiting to dig its claws into this little Shepsala to have a good feast. And he runs and he runs, and the little Shepsala's running. And eventually the wolf grabs hold of this little Shepsala and holds it. And the sheep is, little Shepsala is screaming and screaming. And eventually it's silent. Why is it silent? Because the wolf has the little Shepsala and a death hold. 
it's got its claws right in on the neck. If the animal moves just one inch, he knows it's all over. Right now, the Sotan has us in a death grip. He has us in a death grip. Every movement, every moment that we move this way or that way can change things for eternity. I was eager to give this she in front of boys that were off the derech. And they were interested in hearing these things. Very, very interesting. And the boy comes to me after the shiri. He says to me, Rebbe, I don't understand. What is the Rabbeinu Shalom doing to us? What does he want from our lives? He puts it in front of us. Like it's the easiest thing in the world. What does the Rabbeinu Shalom want? So I'll tell you. The Heilige Chassam Seifer writes. Very scary thought. He says, right before Mitzrayim. Right before the Geula. When Kalali saw just before they got out, they got tested in a tremendous way. Says the Chassam Seifer, Kach is going to be the same way before the Geula now, before the Geula Shlema. The Tzaddikim tell us that we're living in the generation right before Mashiach. It's right there. And right before Mashiach comes, the Rabbanishim gives us that final test. And that's this test. And the Rabbanishim wants to see who's devoted, who's willing to put in the effort. It's the difficult, it's the worst test, it's so hard, yes, but it's the last one, right before the end. Right before the Rebbeinshom gives us the Geula, this is our test. Now there are a few types of boys that go to Yeshiva. You've got the type of boys that are interested in learning, and you've got the ones that are not that interested, but they kind of like want to want, you know those boys? So both of them are Gewaldic. When it comes to this area, the fact that you knew what this shit was going to be about, this series is going to be about, and you came, means you had the ladder by the end of the door. You've got the ladder by the, by the wall. Now you just have to climb up. So Be'ez HaShem, week by week, we're going to try, during the show of weeks, to go through some very, very interesting inyanim. Some of them are a little bit sharp. Be'ez HaShem, we'll talk next week a little bit about that. And we'll talk about etzes. Practical. We like to be practical. Lembaisa. What are we meant to do about it? You know, some people say, it's not a to me. It's <laughs> not like a hint to me. I don't, it's not like a So I have two answers. Answer number one, you're a liar. A simple liar. That's, that's the answer number one to anybody that says that. And, I, and I, you know, I, I'm talking because I get a lot of emails from a lot of different people over the years of giving these shu'um, Baruch Hashem, what a schuss it's been to give these shu'um. After Israel, Obach told me I could do it. I gave these shu'um, Baruch Hashem. It went on CDs all over, Baruch Hashem all over the world. I get a lot of emails from people. Anybody that comes along and says, it's not Nagaya to me, is a liar. Number two, even if it's not that Nagaya, maybe, maybe, possibly, yeah, if we believe such a person. Rishon Shadron once came into Borough Park and he gave his share about Shmira Shabbos. He said, Rebbe, you're coming to Borough Park to talk about Shmira Shabbos. We don't have a problem with Shmira Shabbos. He said, I want to tell you something. When there's a fire, the people, the, the firefighters don't just spray water on the fire itself. They spray all over the place. Why? Because it spreads. And therefore, if this is something that's maybe, and again, you're a liar, but maybe is not so negea, so then we have to spread it everywhere so that we can put out the fire. But is Hashem. You know, when it comes to this halacha, I always like to quote the Rambam. The Rambam says in Hilchus Tshuva Peri, done an incredible thing. Says the Rambam, Hamistakel Barayas. When a person looks at Arias, when a person looks at that which he should not be looking, says the Rambam, Maila al Daito She'ein Bekachlom. He didn't do anything. 
What did I, do? I touched her? <laughs> I touched her! I didn't do anything! It's like a museum. It's behind the glass. Look, but don't touch. Just look, don't touch! I didn't, I, I did anything wrong, I touched her! Has for Shalom? I just looked! Says the Rambam, when a person looks at Arias, he thinks he didn't do anything! Mimela, that's why the Rambam says it's so difficult to do tshuva! What did I do already? I just looked. I looked, I didn't touch. I get close, I just looked. I a little bit of a look. Says the Rambam, it's such a dangerous thing. A person has to realize how to deal with this. How to deal with this. Rebitzik Isaac Sher, Yeshiva of Slabotka Yeshiva, used to say that every single person has a Yetzirah. Not a Chiddush. The question is, how do you deal with that Yetzirah? How are you going to deal with it? That's what we're here to do. That is Hashem in the next few weeks to try to go through this Indian and understand it on a practical level. The Rambam says as follows. At the end of Perach of Beit on Hilchas Yisuri Bia Perach Alocha Yudches says the Rambam. Listen to this, Rabbi Sai. Ein lechadava b'chol haTorah Kula. There is nothing in the entire Torah shu kasher l'roiva om that is difficult to most people. Ela lifrosh min arayis to distance to separate from inyoni arayis. The Rambam says that. Asks the priest in heaven as a simon chafei. I have a steer in the Rambam. Because the first Rambam says that nothing is harder for Rav B'nei Odom. And at the end he writes, Rubon Begezel Umi'uton Ba'arayas. Most people are busy with stealing, doing tricks, trickery, all sorts of business deals that maybe they shouldn't do. But a few of them do Arayas. Says the Evan Ezel, says the Prisha, in Evan Ezel, the steer of the Rambam. First you tell me everyone, then you tell me a little bit. Answers the Prisha, Rabbi Sai. Incredible idea. He says, for people that use this Yetzirah, it's the hardest thing to separate from. Once you're immersed in it, once you're in it, it's the hardest thing to separate from. But if you're not immersed, if you're not involved in it, then it's much, much easier. So the whole side over here is, and people sometimes ask, does it really help? This, it's true, it does help. I met a Yid in Lakewood a number of years ago who told me you heard the Shiurim. And he said it, it killed him to try and to work on himself. But he said eventually, it became the easiest thing in the world. He worked on it, and it became easy. That's what the Rambam means. It says, Ramosha Aaron Stern, Mashkiach of Kamenitz Yeshiva. The hardest part of Shemir Senaim is the beginning. The start, just to get yourself started. Sometimes you've got to give yourself that extra push. Once you get past that stage, everything becomes a lot easier. You know, I want to tell you a couple of facts which are a little bit old, but there's a reason why I'm specifically picking some of the old ones. Just to tell you, you know, people think it's not a gay, how bad is it, whatever. Let me just get, put these into perspective just for a moment, okay? The average person looks at his phone about 160 times a day. Approximately 160 times a day. You probably never counted it, but count it. It's about 160 times a day. That's about every six minutes. That's approximately every six minutes. That means, Rabbi said, make the cheshbon. When you get to the age of 90 years old, and you look back at your life, a third of your life was sleeping, and a third of your life was a relationship with a machine called a phone. A third of your life. That's what it's all about, Rabbi said. In 2006, Rabbi said, we're 2021 now. In 2006, they made a survey to see how much pornography sites are making. You can imagine the number is obviously a lot bigger than it was then, especially during Corona where they saw it went up 40%.
But in 2006, they made a calculation that worldwide pornography sites was worth $97 billion. That's more than Microsoft, Google, and eBay at that time combined. We're dealing with something very, very serious. That means that you have over 420 million pages that are dedicated to pornography. Every 39 minutes, a new video is created. 35%, this is 2006, say, 35% of all internet downloads in 2016 were related to pornography. 2.5 billion emails sent in 2016 that had within it pornography. We're dealing with something that is an incredible, incredible thing around the world. In fact, you know, Bochum, and we'll talk about this, Bochum often thinks, all right, Poseidon, I'm going to get married, and then everything will be fine. I'll have a wife, everything will be great, wonderful. So this is not a marriage class right now. After Pesach, we'll deal with that. But right now, just to give, just to knock that one off, that's absolutely not true. Marriage, as we know, is not a hospital. It doesn't, doesn't heal anything. It can only make it worse. Okay, now I've personally dealt with people in various places around the world who have been married with children, and some of them are even actually quite happily married, and they suffer with this problem because they never worked on it. They expected that once I get married, everything will be fine. Marriage is not a hospital. Marriage doesn't heal anything. And therefore, a person has to realize now is the time to work on it. It's never too late. Even once you're married, you have to work on it. But never think that. I'll tell you an interesting thing. Dr. Jeffrey Satinova from Princeton University in 2013 wrote an article about pornography. And he says like this, and he writes in a magazine an incredible thing. He says, it's as if we devised a form of heroin a hundred times more powerful than ever before, usable in the privacy of one's own home and and injected directly to the brain through one's eyes. This is a Goyesha doctor who figured out that when a person watches and looks at that which he shouldn't, it's injected directly into the brain through his eyes. We'll see that Be'ezah show from Chazal, how much it affects you, and then the, the eye is the thinnest layer between the outside world and the neshama inside, which is incredible. You know, I remember, I think it was about two years ago, maybe it was three years ago now, that I was invited to go upstate New York to give the, uh, my haircut shurim in many of the camps around America. So I got to see a lot about upstate New York, and I, there was an ice cream store there. Incredible ice cream store. I mean, this is, this is America, right? In England, we don't get these things. An entire store was ice cream DIY. You could do it yourself, right? Any flavor, any topping, just pile it up. The kids were, I saw kids, I'm like, I've got to bring my kids here. This is incredible. I've never seen anything like this in my life. You get to fill up your own ice cream with every type of topping. You put it up and then you weigh it afterwards and pay. It's absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. Imagine you go into one of these stores. And you say, and literally coming out the wall, you've got like taps, like faucets all over the place with like different flavors and the most incredible flavors. And you go to your friend and you say, what flavor would you like? He says, I'll take vanilla, please. Oh, come on. I brought you here to get a vanilla flavor? That's ridiculous. He's like, but I don't know any other flavor. Are you gonna, could you explain to him what a banana fudge, I don't know what, tastes like? No. He doesn't understand it because he's never experienced it. When a person has never experienced being free from this eight Sahara, or at least coping with the eight Sahara, in a real way, he doesn't understand it. He doesn't realize what it could do to him, what it could do to his life, what it could do with everything. And a person has to realize, you know, there are many problems in life. How are you going to deal with those problems? 
Are you going to run away from those problems? Or are you going to deal with them head on? And it's so important because people think, and we'll discuss this more, but Ezra Hashem today is just an introduction. You know, people think, you know, okay, so let me just look. I'll just look. Let me just look. So no, we always compare it over here to drinking salty water if you're thirsty. What happens? Eat something that's really, really, really thirsty. So you take a cup of salty water. What does it do? For maybe a split second, it quenches the thirst. But then you're sometimes even more thirsty afterwards. When a person thinks, I'll just look. And then it's over. No, no, no. You're drinking the salty water. And you become more and more thirsty to try more and other things. Life is full of problems. Life is full of situations. A person has to realize, what do we do? Run away? No. That's not the way to deal with the problems. The way to deal with them is to realize what they are. As you said from Yitzhak Isaac Sheh, everyone has a Yitzhak, the shad is how you're going to deal with it. But Yitzhak, next week, we'll start the sugya to understand exactly what this is on a deeper level. Have a wonderful night.